0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You ready, sister? You ready? All right. All right. Let's take this red songbook. Let's stand together. Let's turn to number 307, number 307. Revive us again. We need revival. Mercy sakes, we need revival. I tell you, I'm praying for God to do something. You know, when times get as dark as they are, it's usually when God's people cry out to God. It usually takes a. Things beginning to just really come apart before we finally cry out, but but when we do, God responds. And so I, I'm I'm praying for people to get brokenhearted enough in this country to start crying out to God for revival again. Let's let's sing this morning.
2: We praise thee, o God for the Son of thy love. For Jesus. Hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, by the glory, revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for the spirit of light, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, by the
1: glory, hallelujah.
2: and the glory, revive us again. Oh, glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, and the glory, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. By the glory revive us again. Revive us again. May these hearts through thy love. May it all be rekindled with our blood and love. Hallelujah, by the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, by the glory revive
1: Amen. It's good to be in church with you this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for another Sunday we get to meet and, and glorify the Lord together. Amen. Worship his name. Honor Jesus for what he's done. Amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house. All right. First First, first thing, uh, prayer request. Yes, Rodin. Oh, goodness. It was good the other day. Oh mercy. All right. Tuesday. Pray for Dan. Pray that this blood situation gets better. Uh, Others, prayer requests. How is she today? Same? Mm. Anybody else? Yes, Tim. Mm. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. Y'all remember from my for my father-in-law? Uh, he had emergency surgery uh, the other day, and his his knee, he's had knee, knee replacements, but he, his knee is just, uh, it was full of infection. I think they pulled four liters of fluid out of there. Uh, no, seven liters. I'm sorry, seven liters of fluid out of there. And uh, they've had to take his knee replacement out, and they put a spacer in, and they've got to leave that in while, while it heals up. They've got it open right now. They cleaned it out, washed it out and everything. But uh, he, he was talking out of his head, and and she's, Stephanie was concerned about that, that, hoping that that was just the medicine that they had him on, but that he had really been out of his head. So y'all please pray for, for my father-in-law, David Sepler, that God get him well. They have just been through so many things. Good morning. Y'all good to see y'all this morning. <clears throat> All right. Anybody else? Prayer requests? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, right. We've been praying for that situation. Y'all got anything this morning? Uh
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, you did your part anyway Amen for I will hope that you trusted Christ That's all we can do Anybody else? Anything else? Yes, Miss Charlotte Your help Yes above,
0: Absolutely exactly. Yes please.
1: Yep. Uh y'all please lift him up. little prayer. He needs all prayer he can, he can get. Uh, Bubba Smith. Um, anybody else? Anything else? Well, we need to... We need to uh, before we pray, I guess we'll go ahead and sing. Amen? Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So we're going to go ahead and sing to Robert. It's his birthday. Amen? He's a young feller today, and so we're going to sing to him. Y'all help me sing to Robert.
2: Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you,
1: happy birthday to you. Amen, Robert, we appreciate you, brother, and everything you do. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with all these requests, and he's able. Amen. He's able. That's Christ. Robert, lead us. Amen. You can be seated. Well, we're going to eat after church after we get done with service this morning, so we might as well sing Come and Dine this morning. Amen? That ain't what the Lord's talking about. He's talking about coming and dining at His table. Amen? And receiving all the things He has for us. Amen? But we're glad we got some food back here this morning, too. Amen? Come and Dine,
0: 135.
2: Jesus has the table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people, come and die. With his man, he does feed, and the boys are every need. Oh, sweet to his with Jesus all the time. Come and die, the master calls us, come and die. You may feed to Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the Moses to turn water into wine, to the hungry call itself, come and die. A disciple came to land, the all day he prides the for the master called us to them, come and die. There they found their horses are, red and faith upon the flock, thus he satisfied the hungry every time. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. He may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who led the multitude, turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth out, come and dine. Soon the Lamb will take his pride, to be ever at his side. All the hosts of heaven will assemble thee will be for his sight, all the faith is what was white, and with Jesus' name will feast eternally. Come and die, the monster calleth, come and die. You may feast to Jesus' fable all the time. He who fed the bullshit to turn the water into wine, to the hungry calleth now, come and fly. Amen. One ninety six.
1: One ninety six. Amen. Follow on. Praise God. We want
2: him to revive us and feast at his table, and then just jump and walk behind him. Amen. Down in the valley with the city rides with gold, where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow, follow on. Lucky in his footsteps till the ground be won. Follow, follow, I would follow him. upward way to heights I'm gaining every day. I'm praying as i onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, let me alone and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My Lord has no desire to stay, where shadows arise, and fear dismay. For some may dwell where these bow. my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Let me up and let me stand, by faith in heaven's stable land. A higher place than I have found, Lord, let my feet on higher ground. I want to lift the humble world, those safety stars, of me your hurled. For faith has come, the joyful sound, that's all the faith on higher ground. Lord, let me love, and let me stand, I faith in heaven's stable land. A higher place than I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I'll pray till heaven i found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. I've faith on heaven's silver a higher place than I have found. Lord, my feet
1: on higher ground. Amen. As long as you've got a desire for that, you're on the right track. It's when we get complacent and we're happy where we're at that's when we're really in trouble. But boy, when we, when our heart was all wound up in and growing and becoming what God would have us be, and we have a desire to grow and, and it continues to. To increase, what a what a blessed time in our life that is, Amen. It's good to be in God's house this morning, and uh, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get this done in a timely manner, Amen. But y'all pray for me this morning that God will, that God will speak through me. So uh, let's look there in, in Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> Acts chapter 17, and we're gonna begin there in verse 16 and read right to the end of the chapter, <clears throat> and then we'll get into the message. And the Lord, I hope the Lord will move this morning. I hope the Lord to speak to your heart this morning. Uh, there's a lot in this. I could really turn this into two messages, but I, I I don't want to. I want to put it all together because it's all happened in the same place. Well, let's read. You ready? Verse 16 of chapter 17 of Acts. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the with the Jews, and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? And others others some, he seemeth to be a setter forth a strange God because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine, whereof thou speakest, is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear Some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Morris Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, Him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth, unto, he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, And have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring." For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art in man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained
2: whereof he hath given assurance unto
1: all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among which was Dionysus the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, I ask you now, Lord, as I've done so many times before, Lord, take control of me. I'm yours. I'm your vessel to use. Put your hand on me. And Lord, for the glory of my Savior, use me. Father, I pray this morning for, Lord, for these that are gathered together in this building. Lord, that you might open their hearts, minds, and understanding. And Lord, the Holy Ghost of God. Let pierce down into the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls and reveal to us what we don't give to you. Reveal to us the areas of our life that are unyielded. Reveal to us
2: any love
1: for anything that grows stronger than our love for you. Father God, show us our idolatry.
2: Show us, Lord, of anything be here and in
1: us. Do the thorough work in us. Father, I pray you bring us to decision. Lord God, we pray now, Holy Ghost, have your work, do your work, and we'll give Christ all the honor and the glory for all of it. And it's in Jesus' name we ask, forgive our sins and fill us now, in Christ's name, amen. Amen, all right. Well, I guess I want to put a title on this. It would be Holy Given to Idolatry. Because that's what, that's what Paul found when he got to Athens. I want to read you a passage over here, if I can find it real quick, over in Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. The Bible says, "Beware," Paul said, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware, Paul says, because men will try to spoil you. Men will try to get you to follow after their beliefs. They'll try to spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy, uh, philo, meaning meaning love and and. S-O-P-H-Y, the rest of it, meaning wisdom. It's a, it's a love for knowledge or a love for wisdom. And what did the Bible say? The Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. God wasn't just kidding when he said that. And so Paul is at the center. He he, he has been at the center in Jerusalem of, of the Greeks, I mean the, the Jews requiring a sign, and everywhere he goes, uh, that he's running into Jews, but here he's amongst, he is going to be amongst Jews, but he's amongst a whole city of Athenians, which are Greeks. All right, so let's let's look at the scripture this morning, and uh, let's get into it. Verse 16, and again, you know, verse 15 told us that, that uh, those in Berea conduct, that conducted Paul brought him into Athens. They did that because men were trying to kill him. Men were after him, and they got him out of there safely, and he left He left uh, Silas and Timothy behind, but now he's in Athens waiting on them. And uh, let's read what it says there. While he waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, and he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Wholly given to idolatry. So
2: everywhere
1: Paul would turn in the city of Athens, he would see idols. Everywhere. Uh, if you, uh, it's hard for us to imagine because we have grown up with Christianity. It's, uh, we've grown up with a church on nearly every corner. We've grown up in America with, with Christ being mentioned and, 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 and God on our money and, 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 and mentioned in our Constitution and, and taught uh, all over the place. So we didn't, we didn't grow up in a world like Paul is walking around in. Paul is walking around in ancient Athens, which is, is is a testament to all of the pagan gods that have ever been thought of throughout history. It is a again, as we talked about, we've been talking about in Sunday school. It is a continuation of the Babylonian idolatry. It's all it is. It happened in it happened in Egypt. It happened in Rome. It happened in Greece. It happened in
2: every major
1: uh, power that's rose to power. And again, it, it's, it happened there in Greece, and they were completely, completely caught up and given over to idolatry. And Paul was disturbed. He's he's walking around. He's there in Athens, and again, he's waiting on his helpers. So he's just he's
2: not he's not going
1: and and, and getting out on the street and just screaming and hollering at people and going into pagan temples and, and losing his cool and flipping out on people. No, nope. he's just soaking this all in, and he's walking around and looking at the architecture and all these statues and everything, and, he, and he's thinking to himself, these people are so far from God, it's ridiculous, and it's grieving him and his soul. Very much the way it is when I turn on a television in America. I get that same feeling. When I, when I turn on the television or, or when I get on the Internet, I run into that same, same situation. Why was he so disturbed? Well, Paul was jealous over his, he he was jealous for the glory of God. He looked around and he said, God deserves all this glory, and these people are giving glory to imaginary beings. These people are not imaginary beings. These people are giving glory to devils, because that's true what they were doing. They were worshiping demons, giving glory to demons, and it was everywhere. He was heartbroken
2: and all these slaves to Satan that he saw everywhere he turned. I mean, he was literally in a satanic slave camp. Let's call it what it is. These people are all in in
1: lifelong slavery to Satan. And Paul's looking at him, and it broke his heart. If you and I would look at this country we're living in right now with the same kind of heart compassion that the Apostle Paul looked at the city of Athens, we'd get heartbroken too, and we'd do more for God than we do. And that's the honest truth. They were, they were led captive by Satan at his will. That's what the situation was. These people, they had no idea that they were led by the nose by the devil himself. So Paul was grieved and horrified. And he had a righteous indignation in him, an anger, a holy anger at the heathen priests who were leading these people astray. The Bible says there in verse 16 that while he was waiting for them at Athens his spirit was stirred in him stirred on, I mean he he wanted to do something he was ready to do something it made a powerful impression on him when he looked around at how these people were and it says that it says therefore that uh, when he saw this City holy given to adultery. In verse seventeen, it says that he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews. Now,
2: first thing he did was go to the synagogue. He didn't, he
1: didn't go out again. He did not go out. I want you. I, I want you to see the control that God had over Paul's spirit. Because again, he's taking
2: in all of this stuff and it's horrified him. And he's looking at all these slaves, again,
1: slaves to the devil. He wants to address it, but again, he's waiting on his, he's waiting on his helpers to get down there. He, again, he doesn't run out and start trying to handle it all himself. What did he do? He went to, he went to the synagogue, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So he goes to them And again, they they weren't necessarily friendly toward him because, again, he's a Christian and they're they're unbelieving Jews. But they were free from idolatry. At least he could go in and be amongst people who didn't worship idols. At least he was amongst people who knew and proclaimed to worship the true and living God. So at least he could find a place away from all of that idolatry and, and, and he reasoned with them Christ. The Bible said he disputed in the synagogue with them. He was telling them. He he, he took them through the scriptures like, like he'd done before and, and showed them that, that, that Christ was the Messiah. He he preached to them the Who gospel. He, he he showed them who Christ was. And the Bible says that he also in the market daily. I don't know if you've seen the Mediterranean markets or Greek markets anything you know, I watch a lot of Travel Channel, sitting bored, and 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 I and I've seen a lot of that bizarre foods and and, uh, and travel shows where they go to different locations like that, and I and I've seen a lot of these Mediterranean and and uh, I don't know if it was Greek necessarily, but some of these markets, and it's just an open air market, and people sitting around everywhere, and people walking through everywhere. So I picture Paul in one of those places. I picture him finding a place where there were a lot of people passing by. And the Bible said, In the market daily he disputed with them that met with him. So people were walking by, and as he as people are walking by, I'm sure Paul's asking them uh, you know, where, where, they, where are they going to spend forever? Where are they going to end up when they die? I'm sure he's, he's bringing questions out to them to bring them to a spiritual conversation with him, just like anybody else who's ever tried to win somebody to Christ. He's trying to find common ground with them where they can begin a conversation and go into a presentation of, of, of the gospel. So that's what he's doing. He's doing that there in the city with them. He'll talk to anybody that will talk to him. And there, in the shops, out in the streets, he's engaging in conversation. And his public preaching caught the ears of the philosophers. But I I want you to know something, though. He's out there preaching. But I guarantee you most of them ignored him. I guarantee you most of the people walked out on by and didn't hear a word that said. The most powerful preacher left stood on two legs, probably. And people just walk right on by. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't make it any difference how good a preacher you are. The devil's going to fight you tooth and nail. But I want you to, I want you to, I want you to know he, he he continued to do it even though he didn't think he may have been doing any good. You know, it's discouraging sometimes as a preacher. When you preach your heart out and you don't get a response, it, it's it's discouraging sometimes when you go out and try to win people to Christ and nobody wants to get saved. But you know what? It, it's up to God. It ain't up to us. It's not our power. It's his. Amen? It's not our message. It's his. Amen? So it's going to be on him. It ain't on us. Paul's out there. He's doing, he's doing what God's commanded him to do. And he runs into some people. The Bible tells us there in verse eighteen. It says then certain philosophers; these were these were knowledgeable
2: people, educated people, pillars of the community. I mean, those who were looked up to, not down. The Epicureans and the Stoics. Well,
1: you need to get to know these two groups of people. So these are these are the ones that stroll in their robes and the noses in there. Okay, so they they come by and they encountered him. I like the way God put it. God uses the best words. They they encountered him. They were out on an encounter and they encountered Paul standing there pleading with people to get saved. And some said, I like what they said. What does the babbler say? Oh, was crap there. I don't know why, but what kind of babbler. So they didn't like him from the get to go. You just stand here babbling nonsense. What's this? You're going to have to say what they were saying.
2: And others, some said, he seemed to be a sort of strange gods. So
1: what they meant by that is, we've never heard of this before. Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection.
2: Isn't it amazing? Being in a city
1: where everywhere you turn, there's an idol, there's a false god. They had heard of everything but the real thing. That's just like this world. This world will latch
2: on to anything
1: but Christ. Y'all rem- I mean, I-, I remember back when I first got into the ministry, y'all remember uh, a Hale-Boss comment? Y'all remember that thing? And the people that, that latched <laughs> on to that nonsense and committed
2: suicide, and a big
1: mass suicide out in California? You know, people will latch on to anything but the truth, it seems like. They, they, and so they're looking at the truth as some kind of odd thing. And, and, they, and the Bible says that they they took him,
2: and they brought him
1: onto Areopagus. Now, Areopagus is a great big rock in, in Athens. Y'all ever seen Stone Mountain out of Georgia? You ever seen pictures? It's a big, great big old rock. That, that Confederate General's engraved on the side of it. Well, anyway, it's just a great big, it's a smooth rock, but over in Athens, it's a jagged, big old rock. And up on top of that rock, that's where they would... If somebody wanted to get up and give a big speech, they'd get on top of that because their voice would carry down into the city. Or sometimes it was used for judicial matters, and and philosophers would gather there to sit and talk all day long about different theories and, and ideas. The Bible says there in verse 21, "...for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear." some new thing. So again, let's get to know these Epicureans and Stoics real quick. The Epicureans were like many folks today. They were totally indulgent in pleasure. They
2: believed
1: that life was here for us to indulge in all the pleasure that we possibly can. Okay? They,
2: uh,
1: they were... Um, They made God in their own image. They fashioned God in their own image. You know, it kinda of sounds like people today who <clears throat> simply just you know, they whole you only live once crown, let's just go and do it, whatever it is, don't matter, we're just gonna have fun, tear it up, and have a party and, and who cares what the results are. That's the whole Epicurean crown. I mean it's 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 they're lazy and unconcerned, they don't care about Right and wrong They just Whatever's right Would we'll do it Because see In the absence of God Everything is permissible Realize that In the absence of God Anything is permissible That's the argument I've heard of many preachers Make to an atheist If there's no God Then anything's okay So I could kill you Are you okay with that? Of course not Well why not? Well when you're right Well how, where do you base Your right and wrong on? Because there is no God There's no right or wrong uh, but but these people they, they again they were living as if they were no the God again they made God their own image and there's a lot of people outside these walls that, who believe who believe in a Jesus who's made in their own image. I call him plastic dashboard Jesus because he just sits there and goes like this. Whatever they want him to do, whatever they want to do, Jesus is okay but Jesus knows my heart and he's all right with whatever I want to do. So these people they were they, again they they they. They're, God was their stomach. They did what they wanted to. We'd call them them agnostic today. They knew there was a God maybe out there, but they shouldn't know who he was, so they made him in their own image. So, atheistic, or maybe that, uh, humanistic for sure. Whatever I want to do, that's what I'll do. Uh, They were basically uh, tied in with, like, the the teachings of Alistair Crowley, what he believed, which is, Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. In other words, whatever you want to do, you just go ahead and do it, because so that's okay. Because, in other words, you're your own God. Hedonistic. God's a pleasure. You know, the Bible tells us, over in 1 John, chapter 2, the Bible, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And these people were caught up in the first two lusts. They were caught up in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and, and they, were, they were completely consumed by it, and so they judged everything through that lens. Then you had the other group. The Stoics, they taught the lack of virtue, was was balanced with with pleasure was the key to to, uh, happiness. Uh, They they thought they were holier than everybody else. They looked at themselves as being on par with God or maybe even a little bit higher than him. Uh, They were eaten up with the pride of life. They believed that they were smarter than God. You know, there's a group of people out there today in America. Just, they're, the, they're the liberal crowd. They've attained more knowledge than everybody. They look down on people like me and you because we're just a bunch of little weak, little religious people leaning on our crutch. They're the people in the ivory towers who, who uh, you know give to liberal causes and feel good about themselves. So these are the people Paul was contending with. And the Bible says they took him to the area of um, where all those people spent their time doing nothing but just hoping to hear some kind of new something. You know, that's the way this world is. What's trending right now? What's trending? What's trending? What's trending? Let's get on it. Let's get on it. What's new? What's new? Let's get on it. You know, there's churches that are trying to do that. i see it on the Internet all the time. How to grow your church. How to build your church. How to do this. How to get them in. How to reach the community. And it ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. It's got to do with marketing campaigns. <laughs> it just blows my mind. They just want, everybody wants something new.
2: They bring smoke machines in here.
1: Let's put some of that in front of them. Get some fog going in here. That really put us in the mood to worship. And then we'll drop all the lights and block out all the windows, and we'll put some colored lights up here, and we'll get some spinning, spinning uh, uh, lights and stuff to really get the excited, and we'll get some loud music, and boy, everybody will get into the worship. That's what the world thinks. Well, that's what they did twenty years ago. Now, make Jesus your boyfriend, sit around in the dark holding candles in your hand. I mean, the, that's that's a thing too. I know y'all don't know anything about it. That's okay. That's that's good that you don't. But listen, there's all kinds of weird ideas out there. People want something new. They don't want the real thing. They don't want the truth. They'll go anywhere and get anything and stretch as far as they got to stretch to get something new, but they don't want what fit. What God designed for us. So they called Paul a babbler and said, You don't know what you're talking about. You're speaking on you're speaking nonsense. Yeah, so let's take you to this public hearing and let's see what you got to say. So the Bible says then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, that was another name for the Areopagus, and said, so he stood up, and they brought
2: him in for a hearing.
1: They will give him an honest hearing and see whether or not he deserves to live or die, whether his doctrine is acceptable or not. He said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Y'all would believe anything." My was a roofer. I walked under a ladder my whole life. <laughs> hey, man, I, I broke a mirror or two in my time. Black, black cats don't scare me. They walk back and forth running my path all day long. I don't care. I don't pull salt over my shoulder. I put it on my mashed potatoes. Hey, Amen. There's nothing scary about stuff. That's all voodoo and witchcraft and comes from satanic ideas. It do not come from God or his word. But he says to them, y'all are superstitious. Now the new Bible's the New Versions say y'all are too religious. They don't say y'all, but it says you're too religious. No, they weren't religious at all. They were superstitious. Superstition relates to Satanism and paganism, It don't relate to, to Christianity in any way. He said, for as I passed by, as I was walking around, as I was beholding all the things that y'all are devoted to, beholding your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription... To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. I like what Paul said there. Y'all do it ignorantly. Y'all are so smart, but y'all are ignorant. He popped their little inflated ego right there. I like that. Amen. It's subtle, but it's but it's effective. Amen. He said, y'all worship, the, y'all ignorantly worship the unknown God. just until y'all don't know him, I'm going to tell you about him. He said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He gave them what? He gave them the who He is gospel. He gave them that part. You need to know who He is before you can believe what He has done. So
2: they told Him, He's in control. All these gods, these are nothing. He is the
1: God of all. He says, neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. God God don't need you to make a little statue and sit and worship it. God don't want you hanging a cross on your wall that you prayed to. God don't want you having little statues of angels all throughout your house.
2: Amen! I know it might make somebody mad.
1: Like it, lump it, bump it, jump it, whatever you want to do, but it's the truth. Amen. Amen. God
2: don't want us worshiping stuff. God don't
1: want us living real things. He's not worshiped with men's hands, though he needed any thanks, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and he hath made of one blood all nations for men to dwell upon the face of the earth. You're no different than I am, he's saying. Listen here. Hey, we're all made out of the same stuff. We all come out of the same blood, the same parents in the beginning, he said that we've made us to dwell upon the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Do you know God has designed boundaries for men? He separated men at the power of Babel, and He designed boundaries for men. But what do men want to do? Men want to conquer. Men want to get out of those boundaries, and men want to overtake and rule. And because of that, God has to judge nations because they... They get too big for their britches, and I can tell you right now, this country we live in is way too big for our own britches. And any time a nation gets too big for their britches, that nation will turn against God. Any time that nation gets outside its boundaries, it'll turn against God, and it'll go back to that pagan, pagan worship that started when I yonder. In any society that has that in it, not only will it throw away God's Word and the worship of God, but it'll take in sodomy and it'll take in the murder of innocent babies. Every society that's ever fallen this way will do the very same thing. <clears throat> and he said in verse 27 that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. You see, Paul's fixing to get down on their level. He said in verse 27, he said, For in him we live and move and have our being. He's quoting one of their own philosophers at this point. He's quoting a guy named... Let's see. Epimedes, when he says, for in him we live and move and have our being, they're philosophers who did not know God, yet knew there was a God and spoke of him. And Paul is trying to, he's becoming all things to all men. So he's not going up to ascend to their position. They are really fools, and he's lowering himself to their foolish position. To the fools he became as a fool. He's quoting from their own philosophers. He said, look, even your own philosophers speak of him.
2: It's in him. It's in him. He is in control. He's bigger than all. It's in him that we
1: live. In him that we move. And in him that we have our being. We wouldn't have this without him. And he said, not only that. He said, your other poets have said, we are also his offspring. That's erratus phenomena, phenomena or somebody like that, anyway. Uh, that's another one of their, their, their poets, and he's, he's using that to show them
2: all of this knowledge that you're trying to get, all of this wisdom that you're seeking after
1: is nothing without the God of all wisdom. They'll look anywhere and everywhere for truth, but in the right place. He said then, he said for as much then as we are the offspring of God. Again, he's using their poets. He's getting on their level. He's getting right down where they are. He said, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or graven by art and man's device, turning around and pointing at these things that they've been worshipped. He said that at the times of this ignorance, We'll just take take you, that you didn't know any better. That That you did this not on purpose because you hated God, but because you were ignorant and didn't realize who he is and how he loves you and what he's done for you. You did all this not knowing.
2: He said, at the times of this ignorance, God winked at, okay, God has not destroyed you,
1: thus." Up to this point, because he is allowing you space to repent, God is giving you a chance to repent of your idolatry. God, up to this point, has given you enough time to repent. He said, but he had, but, but, now, commandeth all men everywhere to repent. When we come face-to-face face with truth, we have two, one of two choices. We can either repent or we can turn against God. There's only two choices. When we come to the to face to face with the truth. So what is he saying? Turn from your idols.
2: I'm gonna tell you something America needs to turn from her idols. America needs to quit worshiping money. And power and, and 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 men of power
1: and America needs to turn back and hit her knees and fall before the Savior and repent of the wickedness that she's allowed to, to the abominations that fill our shores. Judgment is sure upon this nation. It's sure. God will not let what was once the beacon of the gospel to be such a cesspool without judgment. Believe that Christ is the only hope. And I tell you, we are in the last moment. We are in the last moment of the age of grace. And we must do something with this gospel. We can't just sit on it amongst this nation that's eat up with every, every kind of idea except for the gospel truth. We must proclaim Jesus in this late hour as men are, are, are raveningly going after anything but God. He said, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world. God is going to judge the world in righteousness by Christ Jesus. He is going, everybody, every man, woman, boy, girl, who's ever lived upon this earth is going to stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. If he is your Savior, then no, your sins will have already been judged and you will not stand in judgment for your sins, but for your works but for your duty, your, your service to the Lord Jesus. That's what we'll stand in judgment of. But every other person on the face of this earth that's ever lived will stand in judgment for their sins and will be cast into the lake of fire and brim and their torment. The smoke of their torment will ascend up forever and ever and ever. And the thought of that ought to drive you to tell somebody about Christ. He said, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, they mocked. Some of them mocked. They made fun of him. He said, you're idiots. idiot. How can you believe somebody can be raised from the dead? You're foolish. And some said, you know, come back another time. We're we'll going to have more time to talk about it, I guess. Come back again sometime. We don't want to hear any more today. You know, whether you're a preacher, whether you're just a layperson, don't get discouraged if you're trying to tell somebody about Jesus and they make fun of you. Don't let that, let I me mean, just let me plead with you this morning. Don't let that discourage you. Don't let that be the reason why you say there ain't no point in me doing this because nobody's going to listen to me anyway. I'm not somebody who can tell anybody who would listen to me. But don't do that. Because it's not you, it's Christ that worketh in you. Don't 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 minimize what God can do with your life. Don't minimize. Let me tell you something.
2: Paul, Paul could have gotten discouraged and put his tail and just walked away and gave up. But no, he did not. And the Bible tells us that certain men clave unto him. They were most of like them were making fun of him and making fun of him and said, "You're a one a joke, and, and get out of here. We don't want you around here
1: with your crazy ideas." But there were some who said, "Hey." Listen, we want we want more of that. Can I tell you something? We're not going to win the world. We're not going to win the most of them. God talks about a remnant. That's just a little piece. You know when that, when you when you have your house carpeted, they they come in and they, they do your whole house carpeted. Well, they got a little piece of it left over. It's called a remnant. If you're making a dress and you got a little piece of the garment left, that's a remnant. See, listen, the whole world is going to get saved. Just a little remnant of the world will be saved. We can't let that discourage us. Now, Paul departed from among them, and the reason he departed from among them is because Christ and Thomas had told us not to
2: cast our pearls before his wine. And those who mocked him was no fit in beating that dead horse because they're not going to hear the word. Listen, if somebody says, I don't want it, walk away. Walk away. Find somebody who does,
1: because there's somebody who does not There's somebody who will make up that remnant. Everybody's not going to get it. This world's beat up with vain philosophies, ideas that are empty-headed and, and, and man-made. There's only two ideas. You understand? There's only two, two ideas. There's either man saves himself or God does it. And this world is full of people who come up with ideas how man can do it, but none of them work. And so Paul, again, was walking around in a, in, a, in a place where people thought they could save themselves. And those who knew better just went along with it. I ask you this morning, take an honest look at the world you live in. Is your heart not grieved? Is your heart not grieved with what you see around you? Is your heart not grieved at the sad state of Christianity today? Listen, the same people who fill church pews go out on Friday and Saturday nights and drink and get drunk and act like idiots, and then they roll in on Sunday mornings and sit there and try to be sanctimonious for an hour, only to go and leave and go back to the lake and do the same thing over again. I know, because I know people like that. they the same people who who, who go to who go to rock concerts and, and party and, and do all kinds of things, but then they show up on Sunday. That's the culture in America. As long as we get into church on Sunday, everything we do the rest of the week is okay. We've got a nation wholly given to idolatry, and their idols are their selves. So either that or they serve the God of their billfold. They serve the God of Hollywood. They serve the God of the music business. They served the God of sports heroes. But I'm going to tell you something. When your heart gets on fire for God, you'll serve the God of the Bible. When your heart gets on fire for God, you'll quit looking and loving on this world and you'll realize what a monster it is and you'll put your eyes on Jesus and you'll walk with him. I urge you this morning come and, and, and bow before the God of heaven and say, Lord, I, I, I don't want to love this world. I want to love you. I don't want to be caught up in the lust of the flesh. I don't want my lust of the flesh to draw me away from your side. I don't want my eyes to get caught up in materialism and will want, want, want I forget about what you want. I don't want to get swollen in my head and my heart, swollen with the pride of life, so that I think that I'm something and I'm smart and I'm better than others. God help us. We live in a world of corruption. We need Jesus. Though this world mocks us, we need Jesus. Stand up for Jesus, regardless of what anybody thinks, regardless of what anybody says. Stand up for the truth. Though the truth be crushed to earth, it will rise again. Stand up for truth. Let's stand together. Father, I ask you to bless this invitation. Lord God, I, I need you this morning. We need you. Father, I ask you, please, Lord, have your will and your way in this invitation. Father, these folks need you. This world needs you. These folks listening in. Listening you. Lord, I you. Mean. Lord, we live living in a dying world. we live in a... The world is completely beat up for us. Wow. Five. God, it would take, take our our the love right out of our hearts for God. Pray, Father, you protect us Call us. the keeperside us. Lord, bring us out of the deadness and coldness that this world blows us into. Lord, awake us. Lord is old old songwriter, Go, awake my soul, stretch every nerve. We need to awaken the reality. We have a plan, a purpose, and the co-op is (laughs) ticking. Soon it will be soon. Work during this interview. Number 40. Trust and obey. Let's
0: sing. (laughs) I'm <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: All right. We're gonna eat. Don't go back here and have a fellow.